Hello and welcome to Pandemic Podcast, a podcast from Deccan Herald in which we focus on COVID-19 and the news around it. I'm your host Ahmed Sharif. It's the 54th day of the COVID-19 lockdown in India. Stay tuned as my colleague Prajwal Swarna narrates the nuances of migrant worker crisis in DH Insight. Before that, let's take a quick look at the news highlights. At the time of recording this at 7 a.m. on May 17 Sunday, data maintained by Deccan Herald shows the number of COVID-19 cases in India breaching the 90,000 mark. An all-time high of 4,660 new cases were registered on Saturday, taking the tally to 90,600. On Saturday alone, 119 people lost their lives due to COVID-19, taking the total deaths to 2,871. By the end of Monday, India is expected to register 1 lakh total cases at the current rate of new cases. Globally, now India is in the top 11th position with regard to total infections. Among the states, Maharashtra continues to be the most affected with 30,700 cases and over 1,100 deaths. Gujarat added 1,058 cases on Saturday, 348 of them being new, and 709 cases from throughout the week, which were not added to the tally earlier. Apparently, Gujarat wanted to identify what they called super spreaders and conducted a massive survey through the week in which more than 6,000 samples were tested, turning up these 709 cases. Tamil Nadu now has 10,585 cases. On Saturday 939 people were discharged from the hospitals in the state. The health minister of Tamil Nadu C Vijaya Bhaskar said that 20% of new cases were from those coming into the state. Karnataka now has 1092 cases. A DH analysis shows that ever since Karnataka registered its first case on March 9th, it took 37 days to reach first 250 cases, then 11 days to reach 500 cases, and 13 days to register 750 cases. And in the next 8 days, the state breached the 1000 cases mark. However, out of 10,000 tests, only 78 people are being tested positive in Karnataka, while in the entire country, for every 10,000 tests, there are 450 people being tested positive. This essentially means the density of infections is way less in Karnataka than the rest of India. The centre on Saturday asked officers from 30 municipal areas spread across 12 states to step up vigilance and monitoring in old cities, urban slums, and high-density pockets. Health Secretary Preeti Sudhan summoned a meeting of top officers from the 30 municipal areas that account for 79% of COVID-19 cases. She asked them to focus on building trust and confidence, to engage with community leaders and local opinion leaders, and involve them in surveillance. She stressed on the need to consider socio-economic conditions, limited health infrastructure, lack of social distancing, and women's issues while formulating strategies. With the current lockdown ending tonight, a detailed guideline on lockdown 4.0 is expected soon. It is expected to have a list of barred activities rather than a list of what is prohibited. The activities that don't fall in the negative list would be permitted. The Ministry of Home Affairs is looking at options on opening up public transport to help office goers and workers in manufacturing units. Plying off buses, autos, taxis and cab aggregators might be allowed with restrictions even in red zones. Containment zones will continue to be in a strict regime where practically no activity is allowed at present. 
India can avoid 72% of COVID-19 cases and 63% of COVID-19 deaths after lockdown by closing red light areas of major cities, according to a new study by researchers at Yale School of Medicine and Harvard Medical School. The study looks at problems in five Indian cities which are red zones which also have red light areas. These are Mumbai, New Delhi, Pune, Nagpur and Kolkata. If red light areas remain closed after lifting of the lockdown, there can be a delay in the peak of COVID-19 cases, according to the study. There are close to 6,37,500 sex workers in India and nearly 5 lakh customers visit red light areas on a daily basis. The high transmission rate is due to the fact that social distancing is not possible in this business. Japan experienced a similar problem. Imagine a highway where there are rarely any vehicles and whatever vehicles that are are speeding. One such speeding truck rams into a mini truck. 23 people who were inside the mini truck die and over 24 are rushed to the hospital. Two of them breathe their last before they get any medical care. This is the real story that happened on Saturday in Uttar Pradesh's Auraya district. These were migrant workers on their way home in Gorakhpur from Rajasthan. The death toll is expected to go up as many of the injured were stated to be very critical. About 500 kilometers away in Haryana, another road accident claimed the life of a migrant couple. While the migrant workers are on foot to reach their homes, the journey is not easy for them. In UP alone, more than 50 migrant workers have been killed in road accidents in the past few days. A division bench of the Madras High Court observed that migrant workers started migrating by foot after waiting for a considerable time and being neglected by all authorities. It observed that nothing happened for the past one month, even after their sufferings were reported in the media, as there was no coordinated effort between the states. The High Court put the owners of welfare of the migrants on their native states as well as the states where they work. The court asked whether the centre had any details of migrant workers working in each state or union territory, the number of workers stranded in each state, the assistance provided to them and how many of them died on their way back home. On the other hand, the Ministry of Home Affairs has asked states to upload data on migrant workers travelling on Shramik special trains on a central online repository developed by the National Disaster Management Authority for better coordination, movement of monitoring and contact tracing. The portal will maintain a central repository and help the sending as well as receiving states to ask for and give their acceptance in an online format. This system will enable speedy communication between states. But is there a possibility of such data serving a larger purpose of solving the problem migrants are facing? We will have to wait and see. My colleague Prajwal Suvarna brings some insights into the massive challenge the exodus of migrant workers will pose to states and what kind of challenges the states that absorb the migrants back will have to face and some possible solutions being looked at in today's DH Insight. Hi, my name is Prajwal and this is a DH Insight for this week. With the migrants returning home from the cities, we are just trying to understand what is happening on the ground. In the 15 days since the Shramik trains were started, the government has deployed some 1,074 trains to ferry back migrant workers. 74% of these trains have their destinations in Bihar and Uttar Pradesh, which really broadly shows the nature of migration in the country. More than 1.4 million people have been transported home. In the past three days, 200,000 people are being transported every day. A more heartbreaking figure is the 201 deaths of migrant workers either due to exhaustion, illness or in accidents that has occurred since the lockdown began. 
Now, the government doesn't maintain official figures of non-COVID-19 casualties and these are the deaths that don't register in the national imagination and are simply unaccounted for. But independent researchers and activists have tabulated this conservative estimate from news reports. When DH reporters interacted with returning migrant workers, we found that most of them don't want to migrate again and prefer staying at home. This just points to how horrendous their experience of the lockdown has been. There is also the economic and social aspect of this reverse migration. Mr. Mahesh Kulkarni, the business editor, spoke to several industry owners and leaders in Karnataka, in Bengaluru and Mangalore. They found that sectors like construction, manufacturing, the service industry and the gig economy, your cab drivers, petty shops, delivery boys, etc. could be affected. Now in rural areas, the huge influx of migrants also poses a challenge. See, most of the people migrated in the first place because there are no jobs or adequate economic opportunities in the villages. Now they have returned and there is a challenge of unemployment. The upcoming rabbi season harvest might provide some work, but the villages cannot absorb all of the labor that is pouring into the villages. There is a chance of rural wages going down and families depend on remittances from cities in places like Bihar. These remittances form some 5% of the state's GDP. So with a drop in family income, rural consumption drops as well. So what are the measures to tackle this? The one way the government can do this is through the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Act or the Mandrega. The centre has not viewed the Mandrega favourably, but that's another story. In Uttar Pradesh, some 2.3 million jobs are being given under Gram Panchayats, with the figure set to go up to 5 million by the end of May. But the experts say that providing such a huge number of jobs is going to be a challenge, to say the least. There are some 19 million job card holders in UP alone, but one expert estimates that 60% of these 19 million people are not active. The government has also announced rupees 3,400 crores to provide free ration for the poor for the next two months. Uh, it is also said that by August, 23 states around the country will roll out the One Nation, One Ration Card scheme benefiting some 670 million people. The scheme was supposed to be completed by March this year and now instead will be completed by March 2021. There is also rupees 5,000 crores allocated as credit for street vendors and a rental housing schemes for migrant workers post the lockdown. But the one thing that this crisis has brought forth is how invaluable migrant workers are to the economy and how little we as a society know or care about them. For instance, nobody really knows the exact figure of migrant workers in India. And when you don't know the number of migrant workers, it is hard to design policies or interventions targeting them. Hopefully, some aspect of this negligence of migrant workers will change in the coming months. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Do rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We are also on Google Podcasts, Spotify and many of your other favorite platforms. Do share this podcast with your friends, family and on social media. For latest updates on COVID-19 and other news, log on to www.deckandhurl.com. Follow our social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Check out our e-paper at www.deckandheraldepaper.com. To be updated on the go, follow our telegram channel t.me slash deckandheraldnews for instant updates. Take care, stay safe and stay indoors. <laughs>